section fourteen of canada south america central america mexico and the west indies this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume eleven canada south america central america mexico and the west indies edited by eva march tappan section fourteen madame de la tour and her defence of fort st john sixteen forty five by mary hartwell catherwood between charles de la tour and d'aulnay charnisay there was a bitter rivalry for the possession of acadia which then included new brunswick while de la tour was away from home charnisay swept down upon his fort at st john for two days lady de la tour defended herself with a slender garrison at length charnisay offered honourable terms of capitulation and to save the lives of her faithful men lady de la tour yielded then came the act for which he has ever since been despised and which is described in the following extract the brave woman was carried to charnisay's abode at port royal and there within three weeks she died heartbroken the editor d'aulnay ordered the gates shut he would have shut out father vincent but it could not be managed without great discourtesy and there are limits to that with a churchman the household and garrison ready to depart saw this strange action with dismay and marie stepped directly down from her hall to confront her enemy d'aulnay had seen her at port royal when he first came to acadia he remembered her motion in the dance and approved of it she was a beautiful woman though her huguenot gown and close cap now gave her a widowed look becoming to a woman of exploits but she was also the woman to whom he owed one defeat and much humiliation he swept his plume at her feet permit me madame de la tour to make my compliments to an amazon my own tastes are women who stay in the house at their prayers but the sieur de la tour and i differ in many things doubtless my lord de charnisay responded marie with the dignity which cannot taunt but why have you closed on us the gates which we opened to you madame i have been deceived in the terms of capitulation my lord the terms of capitulation were set down plainly and i hold them signed by your hand but a signature is nothing when gross advantage hath been taken of one of the parties to a treaty the mistake she had made in trusting to the military honour of d'aulnay de charnisay swept through marie but she controlled her voice to inquire what gross advantage can there be my lord d'aulnay unless you are about to take a gross advantage of us we leave you here ten thousand pounds of the money of england our plate and jewels and furs 
and our stores except a little food for a journey we go out poor yet if our treaty is kept we shall complain of no gross advantage look at those men said d'aulnay shaking his glove at her soldiers those weary and faithful men said marie i see them you will see them hanged as traitors madame i have no time to parley exclaimed d'aulnay the terms of capitulation are not satisfactory to me i do not feel bound by them you may take your women and withdraw when you please but these men i shall hang while he spoke he lifted and shook his hand as if giving a signal and the garrison was that instant seized by his soldiers her women screamed there was such a struggle in the fort as there had been upon the wall except that she herself stood blank in mind and pulseless the actual and the unreal shimmered together but there stood her garrison from edelwald to jean le prince bound like criminals regarding their captors with that baffled and half-ashamed look of the surprised and overpowered above the mass of d'aulnay's busy soldiers timber uprights were reared and hammers and spikes set to work on the likeness of a scaffold the preparations of the morning made the completion of this task swift and easy d'aulnay de charnesay intended to hang her garrison when he set his name to the paper securing their lives the ringing of hammers sounded far off to marie i don't understand these things she articulated i don't understand anything in the world d'aulnay gave himself up to watching the process in spite of father vincent de paris whose steady remonstrances he answered only by shrugs in that age of religious slaughter the capuchin could scarcely object to decreasing heretics but he did object as a man and a priest to such barbarous treachery toward men with whom a compact had been made the refined nurture of france was not recent in d'aulnay's experience but he came of a great and honourable house and the friar's appeal was made to inherited instincts good churchmen spoke out jean le prince the lad shaking his hair back from his face your capote and sandals lie there by the door of the tower where edelwald took thought to place them for you but you who have the soldier's heart should wear the soldier's dress and hide d'aulnay de charnesay under the cowl you men-at-arms glowed burge exhorted the guards drawn up on each side of him and his fellow-prisoners will you hang us up like dogs if we must die we claim the death of soldiers you have your pieces in your hands shoot us do us such grace as we would do you in like extremity the guards looked aside at each other and then at their master shamed through their peasant blood by the outrage they were obliged to put upon a courageous garrison but edelwald said nothing his eyes were upon marie he would not increase her anguish of self-reproach by the change of a muscle in his face the garrison was trapped and at the mercy of a merciless enemy his most passionate desire was to have her taken away that she might not witness the execution why was sieur charlatour 
sitting in the stockade at the head of fundy bay while she must endure the sight of this scaffold marie's women knelt around her crying her slow distracted gaze travelled from glaude Burge to jean le prince from renaud babinet to francois basterac from amboise to bidot along the line of stanch faces to edelwald his calm uplifted countenance with the horrible platform of death growing behind it looked as it did when he happily met the sea wind or went singing through trackless wilderness she broke from her trance and the ring of women and ran before d'aulnay de charnesay my lord said marie and she was so beautiful in her ivory pallor so wonderful with fire moving from the deep places of her dilated black eyes that he felt satisfaction in attending to her it is useless to talk to a man like you quite madame said d'aulnay i never discuss affairs with a woman but you may discuss them with the king when he learns that you have hanged with other soldiers of a ransomed garrison a young officer of the house of de borne d'aulnay ran his eye along the line the unrest of edelwald at marie's slightest parley with d'aulnay reminded the king governor of the face he had last night seen under the cowl the king will be obliged to me he observed when one less heretical de borne cumbers his realm the only plea i make to you my lord d'aulnay is that you hang me also for i deserve it my men had no faith in your military honour and i had madame you remind me of a fact i desire to overlook you are indeed a traitor deserving death but of my clemency and not because you are a woman for you yourself have forgotten that in meddling with war i will only parade you upon the scaffold as a reprieved criminal bring hither a cord called d'aulnay and noose it over this lady's head edelwald raged in a hopeless tearing at his bonds the guards seized him but he struggled with unconquered strength to reach and protect his lady father vincent de paris had taken his capote and sandals at jean le prince's hint and entered the tower he clothed himself behind one of the screens of the hall and thought his absence short but during that time marie was put upon the finished scaffold a skulking reluctant soldier of d'aulnay's led her by a cord she walked the long rough planks erect her garrison to a man looked down as they did at funerals and edelval sobbed in his fight against the guards the tears starting from under his eyelids as he heard her footfall pass near him back and forth she trod and d'aulnay watched the spectacle her garrison felt her degradation as she must feel their death the grizzled lip of claude burge moved first to comfort her my lady though our hands be tied we make our military salute to you he said fret not my lady said renaud babinet edelval can turn all these mishaps into a song my lady declared jean le prince marie had that sensation of lost identity which has confused us all in her walk she passed the loops dangling ready for her men a bird poised for one instant on the turret uttered a sweet long trill she could hear the river 
it was incredible that all those unknown faces should be swarming below her that the garrison was obliged to stand tied that lady doranda had braved the rabble of soldiery and come out to wait weeping at the scaffold end marie looked at the row of downcast faces the bond between these faithful soldiers and herself was that instant sublime i crave pardon of you all said marie as she came back and the rustle of her gown again passed them for not knowing how to deal with the crafty of this world my foolishness has brought you to this scaffold no my lady said the men in full chorus we desire nothing better my lady said edelwald since your walking there has blessed it father vincent's voice from the tower door arrested the spectacle his cowl was pushed back to his shoulders bearing the astonishment of his lean face this is the unworthiest action of your life my son de charnizet he denounced shaking his finger and striding down at the governor who owned the check by a slight grimace it is enough said d'aulnay let the scaffold now be cleared for the men he submitted with impatience to a continued parley with the capuchin father vincent de paris was angry and constantly as d'aulnay walked with him he zealously followed the afternoon sunlight sloped into the walls leaving a bank of shadow behind the timbered framework which extended an etching of itself toward the esplanade the lengthened figures of soldiers passed also in cloudy images along the broken ground for a subaltern's first duty had been to set guards upon the walls the new master of fort st john was now master of all southern and western acadia but he had heard nothing which secured him against la tour's return with fresh troops my friends said d'aulnay speaking to the garrison this good friar persuades in me more softness than becomes a faithful servant of the king one of your number i will reprieve then let it be jean le prince said edelval speaking for the first time to d'aulnay de charnisay the down has not yet grown on the lad's lip but i pardon him continued the governor on condition that he hangs the rest of you hang thyself cried the boy thou art the only man on earth i would choke with a rope will no one be reprieved d'aulnay's eye travelled from scorn to scorn along the row it is but the pushing aside of a slab they are all stubborn heretics father vincent we waste time i should be inspecting the contents of this fort the women and children were flattening themselves like terrified swallows against the gate for through the hum of stirring soldiery penetrated to them from outside a hint of voices not unknown the sentinels had watched a party approaching but it was so small and hampered moreover by a woman and some object like a tiny gilded sedan chair that they did not notify the governor one of the party was a jesuit priest by his cassock and another his donnay these never came from la tour another was a tall hollandaise and two servants lightly carried the sedan up the slope a few more people seemed to wait behind for the purpose of making a camp and there were scarce a dozen of the entire company marie had borne without visible exhaustion the labours of this siege the anguish of treachery and disappointment 
her enemies breach of faith and cruel parade of her the garrison were ranged ready upon the plank but she held herself intense control and waited beside lady dorinda with her back toward the gate while her friends outside parleyed with her enemy donay refused to admit any one until he had dealt with the garrison the jesuit was reported to him as father isaac jogues and the name had its effect as it then had everywhere among people of the roman faith no soldier could be surprised at meeting a jesuit priest anywhere in the new world but donay begged father jogues to excuse him while he finished a moment's duty and he would then come out and escort his guest into the fortress the urgent demand however of a missionary to whom even the king had shown favour was not to be denied donay had the gates set ajar and pushing through the aperture came in father jogues with his donay and two companions the governor advanced in displeasure he would have put out all but the priest but the gates were slammed to prevent others from entering and slammed against the chair in which the sentinels could see a red-headed dwarf the weird melody of her screaming threats kept them dubious while they grinned the gates being shut marie fled through the ranks of men-at-arms to antonia clung to her and gave father jogues and von carlaire no time to stand aghast at the spectacle they saw crying and trembling she put back the sternness of dolnay de charnesay and the pity of father vincent de paris and pleaded with father jogues and the hollandaise for the lives of her garrison as if they had come with heavenly authority you see them with ropes around their necks monsieur carlaire and monsieur jogues when here is the paper the governor signed guaranteeing to me their safety edelwald is scarce half a year from france speak to the governor of acadia for you monsieur carlaire are a man of affairs and this good missionary is a saint you can move d'aulnay de charnesay to see it is not the custom even in warfare with women to trap and hang a garrison who has made honourable surrender a man may resolve that he will not meddle with his neighbour's feuds or involve a community dependent upon him with any one's formidable enemy yet he will turn back from his course the moment an appeal is made for his help and face that enemy as van carlaire faced the governor of arcadia full of the fury aroused by outrage but what could he and father jogues and the persevering capuchin say to the parchment which the governor now deigned to pass from hand to hand among them in reply the permission of louis the thirteenth to his beloved d'aulnay de charnesay whom god hold in his keeping to take the fort of st john and deal with its rebellious garrison as seemed to him fit for which destruction of rebels his sovereign would have him in loving remembrance during all this delay edelwald stood with his beautiful head erect above the noose and his self-repressed gaze still following marie the wives of other soldiers were wailing for their husbands but he must die without wife without love he saw antonia holding her and weeping with her his blameless passion filled him like a great prayer that changing phantasm which we call the world might pass from before his men and him at the next breath yet the brief last song of the last troubadour burst from his lips to comfort the lady of fort st john there was in this jubilant cry a gush and grandeur of power overmastering force of numbers and brute cunning it reached and compelled every spirit in the fortress 
the men in line with him stood erect and lifted their firm jaws and gazed forward with shining eyes those who had faded in the slightest degree from their natural flush of blood felt the strong throbs which paint a man's best on his face they could not sing the glory of death in duty the goodness of god who gave love and valour to man but they could die with edelwald the new master of fort st john was jealous of such dying as the song ceased and he lifted his hand to signal his executioners father jogues turned away praying with tremulous lips the capuchin strode toward the hall but van carler and lady dorinda and antonia held with the strength of all three that broken-hearted woman who struggled like a giantess with her arms stretched toward the scaffold i will save them i will save them my brave edelwald all my brave soldiers shall not die where are my soldiers antonia it is dark i cannot see them any more end of section fourteen this recording is in the public domain